Hello, I'm Father Mitch Paqua, and welcome to EWTN Live, where we bring you guests from around the world. And tonight, we'll speak about the life and writings of Venerable Fulton Sheen, and how some of the messages that he delivered 75 years ago, and even more, could be delivered today just as easily to address our current situation. But before we get to that, we want to talk briefly with EWTN's digital media specialist, Mr. Ryan Penny, and showcase how, unlike Fulton Sheen in the days of black and white on early television broadcasts, EWTN is using the newest digital media assets to reach the world for Christ. Ryan, what is it that you are up to this time? I am here tonight, Father, to make sure that all of our EWTN family knows without a shadow of a doubt that their only opportunity to uh, watch our best uh, programming on EWTN is not just waiting for when it airs on TV. They can watch our programming whenever they want to. And that's the point of all the uh, social media uh, platforms that you just mentioned, especially YouTube and video on demand. We have hundreds of EWTN shows, our live shows like EWTN Live, um, but especially some of our movies and uh, documentaries. People can watch whenever they want to. We have hundreds of uh, programs is on it there. Hundreds or is it thousands? Hundred, oh, if not thousands. Yeah, I we think it would be thousands there. after 40 We're years. We're always adding new programs all the yeah. time, so that's what makes it exciting. Yeah. And But there's a few shows that I wanted to highlight in particular tonight that I yes. really encourage everyone to watch. Okay. There's um, a mini uh, documentary mini-series called The Quest that we uh, co-produced with the University of uh, Dallas. It's kind of like a documentary about the um, hero's journey of the spiritual life, if you will. It's, it's incredibly well done. Um, there's another movie called uh, The Pilgrim, The Soldier, that's also been very popular. Uh, there's a documentary about the um, a primate of Poland for 33 years and special mentor to Pope St. John Paul II, Stephen Cardinal Wyszynski, incredibly well done uh, a documentary about his life and his fight against communism. And then the most recent addition to On Demand is a movie about uh, Chiara Lubick, who was an amazing and inspiring Catholic woman who lived in the mid-20th century, and she was the founder of the Focolare movement. So yes. it's, it's, it's an incredible movie, and people can watch all of those on demand right now. Yeah. And uh, the last thing that I wanted to highlight is uh, a new feature on our YouTube channel, which is called Shorts. They're basically 60-second or less videos of some of our best uh, content of Mother Angelica and Venerable Archbishop Al Fulton J. Sheen. Uh, and many others, and they've been very popular. And there's one video in particular that I wanted to invite our audience to go look for. Um, it's a video of Mother Angelica called Mother in Manhattan. It's a story of this one time that she went up to New York City and her ride in a taxi and her encounter with a woman a cab driver and this amazing story that unfolded from there. And that little video has gotten over a million views on cool. YouTube. So it's called Mother in Manhattan, and everyone will uh, certainly want to go look for that. So right. that's my update for tonight, Father. All right. Well, good. 
Thank you very much. You're doing a lot of good work over there. We're going to be back in just a couple minutes with tonight's guest, so please stay with us. Welcome back. Now, we have a guest tonight who has been working to make Venerable Fulton J. Sheen's teachings a lot better known. And also, he tries to help advance the cause for the canonization of Archbishop Sheen. He is the founder and director of the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Mission Society of Canada, as well as the, another website, bishopsheentoday.com, bishopsheentoday.com. He's here to tell us more about Archbishop Sheen's writings, specifically on war and peace, as well as trusting God in the face of totalitarianism, paganism, and war, things which people around the world are facing today. So please welcome our guest from the great city of Toronto, Canada, Mr. Al Smith. Al, welcome. Great to be back on the Good network. Good to have you. Okay, Good to you. have you back here with yes. us. And uh, one of the things I want to, our audience to know about you, where'd you get your PhD? <laughs> Well, I got it from plumbing school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know that uh, sometimes, you know, I have a lot of well-educated guests who've gotten all the degrees and such, but your work is to be a plumber. Yes. And here you are editing these books of Archbishop Sheen and going around evangelizing and letting people know the wisdom of Sheen, as well as letting them see for themselves. This is a pretty cool background. Yeah, I think, um, you know, my mom and dad uh, were really, um, they, they made us animated, um, one of 12 children. And so we had to learn to sing for a supper and uh, to give talks and reflections. And so uh, and they encouraged me to go into the trades. And it's a the, tough crowd. It's a tough crowd. But uh, <laughs> in the trades, you meet a lot of people and you hear a lot of stories. And uh, funny enough, I've heard many of my customers talk about Bishop Sheen. And uh, so I started to find an interest in his writings. And um, again, I'm a bit of a Renaissance man in the sense that I have uh, other hours in the day. I don't plumb you know, 16 hours a day. I can read, I can uh, study, and uh, just fell in love with Sheen's wisdom. And uh, my dad is a convert because of Bishop Sheen. And uh, so I think there's just this, um, I think sometimes saints pick us. And uh, in this case, I think Archbishop Sheen picked me and said, uh, if the Lord used tent makers, fishermen, tax collectors, 
we can use a pipe fitter from Canada uh, to do go. this work. Yeah, yeah. See, that's and and you be, besides doing plumbing, you do the plumbing to support a family. Yes. You know, so you've raised a family and um, you work in plumbing, and you edit books. Now, these this material by Archbishop Sheen is presently in the public domain, correct? Yes, most of it is. Um, there are the odd, um, there's some of his books that are still under license or copyright with his estate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Fulton Sheen pens 66 books, and uh, many of those books still have copyrights with mm -hmm. um, his estate, which is the propagation of the faith in mm -hmm. New York. And so, um, again, many of the books that you buy, the proceeds will go to the propagation of the faith and the work that Fulton Sheen did for many years. Yeah, he, he that was his... Uh, favorite charity, he was strongly committed to the missions. Yes, yes. And so even in death, he wants to see that that is funded. So right. um, again, but uh, there's many public domain works and I was able to source them and uh, put together some theme books. Um, of course, Sheen's writings on the cross and his writings on the sacraments and uh, other ones. But uh, I think especially today, there was this interest in what did Sheen write during the war years? Um, his wisdom, because we're just seeing the world turn upside down. Mm -hmm. And uh, just uh, a number of years ago, I approached uh, Sophia Institute Press, who was our publisher, and uh, pitched them on the idea to say, let's republish some of Sheen's writings from the war years. Um, uh, a beautiful book, The Declaration of Dependence, uh, uh, a number of his books on God and war and the seven pillars of peace. So we, we put them together and found the original uh, documents and uh, put them into a beautiful collection. And uh, I tell you, people are reading Sheen today and saying, it's like he's writing the year 2022. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It is so true. And um, again, truth is, is that. It's, um, it's everlasting. So, one, one of the things, too, about Sheen's background is that he went to Louvain in Belgium mm -hmm. to study. Belgium... And he did so after World War I. It wasn't too long after World War I that he went over to live in Belgium. And a lot of us don't study the history of World War I so much, but Belgium was overrun by the German army. They were a neutral country, and there was a lot of devastation in both wars. Uh, in Belgium, and Second World War, Battle of the Bulge was close by, and um, uh, and in the area, so uh, they suffered a lot. And he, you know, was aware of that. What had happened in World War One, the post-war suffering, and he could see that the way the Allies treated Germany so badly after the war, they wanted revenge. That was one of the key elements, is they, the Allies wanted revenge. And so this is one of the things that you bring out in the collection you have here. He could see that another war was going to come because of the way that they refused to be Christian. They were nationalists, and they, ref they wanted to uh, get back at the Germans and subject them and never let them do this again instead of help them rebuild. Yeah. And he could see all this. Yeah, 
And his studies, um, when you think of all those years he spent in Europe, he studied uh, in Rome, in, uh, in Paris, and in England, and of course he studied in Louvain, but he was meeting those brilliant minds and asking about Russian history and um, really taking everything he learned. He studied Stalin, uh, he studied Marxism, and he wanted to refute it. And he knew he had to come back to America to warn America about the philosophies of communism, Marxism. And uh, I think this is, was his advantage to study in Europe and to live through two world wars. Of course, living through the First World War when he was in formation to the priesthood and uh, picking up all those lessons. And so um, who better to write on war and peace than Fulton Sheen? Sure, sure. Yeah. And we may not, uh, again, we don't always have a clear sense, but there was a strong temptation in this country, during the, especially during the Great Depression, to move toward communism. That was a real concern. And uh, people were suffering so badly. So he also could see that we were at risk you know, from uh, the communist influence. Right, and he started to publish little pamphlets um, you know, he was on the Catholic Hour and he would take to the airwaves uh, each week and give his reflections. But uh, in 1937, he wrote five pamphlets on communism that were distributed in the tens of thousands. Mm -hmm. uh, he wrote about uh, communism and religion. He, he wrote about the tactics of communism uh, and liberty under communism because he wanted to explain to the American people, this is what communism is. Uh, sometimes students that go to university today uh, have this wrong idea of communism. They think that uh, sharing is caring, but uh, communism is that confiscation of goods and, um, again, the state owning you, um, you know, property, body, and soul. And he wanted to warn us of this totalitarian regime, and uh, it was there. It was knocking on the door of America. And he says this in his writings many times, that communism will take a seat in America if we're not careful. When he wrote those pamphlets about communism, was he very much uh, influenced by Pope uh, Pius XI's encyclical on communism? Yes, he does make reference to that. And uh, I think, you know, of course, Fulton Sheen was always loyal to the Pope and was friends with many popes over the years, but uh, again, was always um, you know, sharing the wisdom of the Holy Father. And of course, the Holy Father wrote against uh, atheistic communism, and of course, uh, wanted to get everyone's attention. So uh, he did write those pamphlets after the encyclical came out. Oh, I see. Yeah, the, uh, Pius XI was himself quite a brilliant man. And uh, he wrote against communism in 37 and Nazism in 38. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, th these were dangerous times um, where the totalitarian states were developing. And even in this country, uh, I don't know about Canada, but, you know, the government became much stronger in the, during the Depression 
uh, trying to help people. So it was benign, but it was much more sensual and much stronger. Right. And I think it's just the allure of communism and that um, where I think we went wrong sometimes as a society is that um, we started to turn away from God. Um, mm -hmm. And Fulton Sheen points this out in his writings. We uh, based our education system on a Christian principles, uh, a moral law, and yet uh, year by year by year it was kind of like society was turning away from God. Um, you know, our science is going to take care of us. Our progress is going to take care of mm -hmm. us. And uh, when you start to uh, push God out, um, unfortunately, uh, the other isms creep in. Yeah. And uh, this philosophy of communism and Marxism is still with us today. And, um, you know, again, it's current. I think people look at what's happening in today's university culture where they teach there's, uh, you know, there's no absolutes anymore. You right. know, it's a spirit of relativism, and it's, uh, it's wreaking havoc in society. Well, even the, in this country, um, I, it may be the most popular text for history is Howard Zinn, A People's History of, the, of America. And he was a full-blown Marxist, and he wrote history from a Marxist perspective. He was, he was in the Communist Party for, for many years and tried to get young people into the party. And uh, he wrote this history book, and it's used a lot. And the, the skewed history that we hear young people talking about they were taught this from Howard Zinn, and this is the way communism is entering into our education system. Right. And, and the communists seem to take the Declaration of Independence and twist it. Um, a lot of times they would say, you know, America was founded on revolution. And uh, because they're trying to say, you know, this is what we want to bring into America is a, a revolution. Uh, but yet, it's not, that's not true. And so it's always these taking what is sacred to America and putting a lie or a spin to it. And uh, again, there's that confusion. And um, Fulton Sheen would constantly remind us, remember, this is a lie. Communism, fascism is not American. It's not. We need to reject them. And we don't need any dictators or totalitarianism. Um, in this country. It just doesn't fit. Uh, but if we experiment, we'll be like Spain and France and many countries where the Reds came in and wreaked havoc and we see what happened in Russia. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's not bad for us to remember that Nazi is a, a, a short form for the, the German words, uh, National Socialist Workers Party. That's what the Nazis were. They were socialists. Nationalists too, but it was the National Socialist Workers Party. And we see how they used certain socialist ideals to become totalitarian in Germany just like uh, Lenin and Stalin 
used Marx's ideas to become of communism to become totalitarian in Russia. And you know, when we look at some of our own socialist students today, they become fairly totalitarian in the way you cannot say certain things, you must say these things. They they're not in favor of freedom of speech. No. And and I think this is what we have to be careful about today is that what of our freedoms are we giving up? Yeah. Um, you know, Fulton Sheen talks about freedom of religion, uh, freedom of speech, uh, freedom from want and freedom from fear. Um, but how many of those freedoms are we, you know, just bartering away, uh, willing to give um, for a comfortable life? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's a quote you include in your book. It's from Fulton Sheen. It says, even though Christ himself would not deliver us from the power of the totalitarian state, as he did not deliver himself, that is from Pontius Pilate, we must see his purpose in it all. Maybe his children are being persecuted by the world in order that they might withdraw themselves from the world. Maybe his most violent enemies may be doing his work negatively, for it could be the mission of totalitarianism to preside over the liquidation of a modern world that became indifferent to God and his moral laws. Right. Yeah. I think it goes back to what some people say, you know, war is a judgment from God. And you look what God did in the history, uh, especially of the nation of Israel. Uh, sometimes he would punish them, uh, send enemies to attack them. Often enough. Yeah. And yet, do we learn the lesson from reading scripture? Um, but Fulton Sheen really wanted us to come into the mystery of suffering. Mm -hmm. He would always point to Christ and his passion. Yes. Um, and that the war was that opportunity for us to really look at the crucifixion once again and know that we as a nation are being crucified, that we're suffering. But if we can unite that suffering to the suffering of Christ, uh, then there's that blessing. Uh, but Fulton Sheen wasn't afraid to point fingers at us and say, you know, we need to, of course, work on attacking uh, the enemy from outside our borders, but we need to work on the enemy that is inside of us and to work on our own personal sin and to practice virtue. In fact, many of the Lenten reflections that Fulton Sheen gave during the war years were about practicing virtue and turning away from sin. And so, again, this call to action, but this call to an interior life and to prayer. You know, we, we talk about evil has its hour. And Fulton Sheen, when you listen to his radio addresses and you read his books, he pleads with us, uh, not just Catholics, but Jews and Protestants, to make an hour, an hour of prayer, a holy hour. And it uh, was very important uh, to him to share this message because he knew that uh, America had turned away from God and to get back into that holy habit of prayer uh, was very important. So we needed to do our part. The soldiers were doing their part, uh, fighting uh, you know, those battles, 
but we need to do our part because it is a spiritual battle. And this was something that <coughs> was extremely important because you know, the, the communists hated God in any form at all. The Nazis hated Christian understanding of God. They, of course, uh, hated Jews partly because of racist theories they held, but they also hated you know, Christianity uh, because Jesus was Jewish and they hated you know, our doctrines, especially forgiveness of enemies and such. And so we, these totalitarian people turned against the church, not unlike the way we've seen Antifa and others attacking churches and threatening churches even right now. Um, this is the, the same thing going on today as the communists and the Nazis did in, in uh, the 20th century. Right. Uh, Fulton Sheen writes in the book uh, Declaration of Dependence, um, talks about the revolutionary tempo, and he talks about these three characteristics that the revolutions are irrational, they're violent, mm -hmm. and they're atheistic. And, and when I look at what's happening today with many of these movements, they're very irrational in their thought. Uh, of course, the violence is there, but it's that atheism uh, that we're seeing. And it's an atheism that just is, is different in the sense that an atheist many years ago might say, I just don't believe in God. Right. But now the new atheism is, yeah, they do believe in God, but they want to kill it, right. kill, kill God. They hate um, God. That's right. Um, you don't hate something that doesn't exist. True. True. And this is an important element of their mentality. Right. He tells stories of how in Spain the Reds would break into the convents and say to the nuns, where is that bread you call God? We want to destroy it. And they knew it was the Eucharist. They knew it was the Lord, yet they wanted to destroy. And that's what they do. And if they can't destroy the churches, they go after their representatives. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, this is the new atheism that we see, this attack yes. on the church. Uh, yeah, very much so. Now, there's a clip that we'd like to show from Archbishop Sheen's television show, uh, Life is Worth Living. Uh, I, I actually recall watching those when they were first broadcast, um, you know, back in the 1950s. My mother made us watch it, but <laughs> I'd rather watch Milton Berle. But, uh, <laughs> but mom had us watch that because it was so important. Let's take a look at this clip that he has on Thomas Jefferson in Human Dignity. Thomas Jefferson founded our democracy upon two principles. One, the dignity of man. Secondly, I will just simplify it. All rights and liberties come to us from God. I will explain these and then we will go to Saint-Just. Without telling a word to my angel, he know, he'll know very well that he shouldn't clean the board at this point. Thomas Jefferson. 
First, he believed that the government must be founded upon the respect for the individual. So he investigated what are the source of our rights and liberties. Where do they come from? Where does my right of free speech come from? Or the right of assembly or any other right we have? From the will of the majority? If it did, the will of the majority could take away the will of the minority. Jefferson intended that the majority would be the custodian of minority rights. Rights and liberties come from the federal government? Certainly not. If they came from the federal government, the federal government could take them away. Taking almost everything else away. We might just as well take away our rights and liberties. But he set it down in the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence that it is a self-evident principle, self-evident. that the Creator, the Creator, has endowed man with certain unalienable rights. Unalienable, they cannot be taken away. Among which are the right to life, to liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is our democracy. And this is a crucial question today because we have at times people in government thinking they can invent new rights and take other rights away. The temptation of governments, American and Canadian and others, the temptation to take away the freedom of religion and freedom of speech and assembly and then freedom of press. Uh, and that's the order. Thomas Jefferson didn't write the Constitution. He was in France as our ambassador. But he, um, you know, those principles, the, the freedom of religion was first because that's about your interior conscience. And then freedom of speech, what you express, and freedom of assembly, whom you meet with, and then freedom of press came after all those. Um, this, these are very basic, and the state didn't give them to us, and they can't take them away, but they try. Right, and I think that you say they try, and yet many of us, because of wanting security, our pensions, or to live in peace, we've gone along with the government and, uh, of course, paid a price. But I think many of us are questioning now, was that a good exchange? Because uh, now we were experimenting with giving away some of our rights. Mm -hmm. I know in my country of Canada, uh, freedom of speech is really uh, suffering. And, um, again, uh, you are um, penalized sometimes. Uh, for speaking your mind and, and, uh, and penalized by not with fines only, but you can be put in jail. prison. Yes, yeah. yeah. And to think that Canada would be like that, uh, 
again, one of the most respected nations in the world. Mm -hmm. Yet, uh, we have given away those rights. We never fought the government, it seemed, uh, when they started to take these things away. And so, uh, freedom of assembly, you know, again, if you've seen any of the footage uh, recently from Canada with our, um, you know, our, I just want to say our disputes with the government, um, again, uh, they're not that pretty. Yeah, yeah, with the truck drivers. That's right. In, in uh, Ottawa. Yes, yeah, and that uh, garnered uh, international news. But uh, sure. we were finally coming out of our shells and saying we need to have our voices heard. And of course, uh, there's strength in numbers. And so I think this is what we have to do. And Fulton Sheen would remind us that there is strength in numbers to know that the devil wants to divide and conquer. Uh, but yet, if we unite ourselves um, in a joint effort, we can have some success. Well, this brings up a, a very important point. He, uh, he mentions how our rights come from God. But if we have rights, there are duties that go with them. You can't have rights without having duties that support those rights. And again, I'd like to use another quote that you uh, have, you've given your book um, uh, from Archbishop Sheen. It says, to Jefferson goes the credit of writing our Declaration of Independence. To Lincoln goes the credit of writing our Declaration of Dependence. Jefferson declared we were independent from tyrants. Lincoln added, we are dependent on God. The ethical complement to our Bill of Rights, he told us, is our Bill of Duties. And I, I hope, especially for those of us who are Americans, I urge people to either read the Lincoln-Douglas debates, because it was just on that issue. Douglas, arguing for the Democrat Party, said that Dred Scott is a Supreme Court decision that said African descent people are inherently inferior and they must be slaves, and if they escape slavery, they must be returned. But it said that they were inherently inferior. Lincoln, found, founder of the Republican Party, had said on his side that you have to respect the dignity given to African descent people because that comes from God. Not, and you can't, the Supreme Court can't take it away. Lincoln lost that election in 58, 1858, but he won the presidency on that same issue. And this, two years after that, but then that led to a civil war. And for those who disregarded the inherent dignity God gave all human beings from Africa as well as Europe, they were willing to kill for it. And this is something that we have to remember, 
that such forces are still around when it comes to Supreme Court decisions about abortion or other rights. And this is something that we have to be uh, living our duties to protect those rights. We're going to take a little break. We'll come back in just a couple of minutes. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. Now, I want to encourage you. Now, we've been having this discussion, but the discussion is based on this wisdom by Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And there is this growing anthology, this republication of books, and there are some new ones that have been republished. The, we, you can get them at EWTNRC.com, our religious catalog. And they are, first of all, War and Peace. So that's, this is a good, thick book that covers uh, amazing topics regarding War and Peace. Each section that you, the way you divide this up, dealing with God and country, God and war, God's judgment, philosophies at war. Sheen understood that philosophy was the basis of these things. And then what he called the seven pillars of peace. How do you get peace after that? That's a great, great book. Another one is The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, item number 6209. This is also a terrific book about of Sheen's sermons on our Lord's Passion, especially when he would do Treore, you know, the three-hour of meditation on Good Friday. Another one is The Greatest Commandment. That's item number 5684. All these are available uh, with more at EWTNRC. Um, and there's also the book A Declaration of Dependence, Trusting God Amidst Totalitarianism, Paganism, and War. And that's item number 6942. We need that book at this point as we see some of these issues arising. Okay. All right, are you ready for some questions? I'm ready for questions. Let's start off with John in Nebraska. John, what can we do for you? What, what was one of the greatest truths that Bishop Sheen taught and how often did he teach it? Ah, great question. What was one of the truths? The, the great, what was the, one of the most important or greatest truths that Archbishop Sheen taught? And did he speak of it often? Yeah. Uh, my favorite Sheen quote, I think, uh, says volumes. It's, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And that was the opening line from his book, Peace of Soul. 
1949 book where it was on the New York Times bestseller list, but unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. The importance of saving a soul. Uh, mm -hmm. How often do we even talk about our souls? Right. And uh, Fulton Sheen was reminding us we all have a soul and it needs to be saved. And of course, he would encourage us to uh, frequent the sacraments and um, you know, to develop prayer, but especially the holy hour. And of course, always, uh, I think on every one of his radio addresses, he invited people to pray a holy hour. So again, the importance of the soul. I think that's uh, one of the ways okay. I would say that. Okay, yeah. excellent, excellent. We have another question from our studio. Ma'am, where are you from? From Temple, Texas. It's good to have people come here from the Republic of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> what can we do for you today? Well, I feel that a lot of people are in denial of what's going on. And what, what, by what's going on, what do you With uh, mean? all the changes uh, in society, mm -hmm. uh, in the church. And so even though we mention things like this, they seem like, okay, this is not right. So how do we get the truth out? Like to get them to come to that understanding of and being able to change their belief of what's going on. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think we, Fulton Sheen's advice in all of these books is to turn back to God. Uh, we've gotten away from the moral law, um, living even just the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes. Um, how often do we want to give God a chance again and to turn back? Uh, religious education, I mean, We've seen that um, just disappear. Uh, it was uh, a big part of society for uh, a part of our American culture uh, was to have religious education, but yet uh, now it's almost we don't have time for that. It's low on the priority list. So mm -hmm. uh, we have to go back to God. Mm -hmm. Go back and um, again, um, live the Beatitudes, uh, follow the commandments. Something I think that you are blind to is the fact that by your own growth in the faith, our Lord has used you, a plumber, to get out the writings of this great philosopher, theologian. And I, I think that the, the question relates to the way all of us have to find ways I can speak up. And that's, that's what you're doing. And you're just one person, but you have a big impact way beyond your family. And I think all of us have, you know, taking that time in the holy hour opens us up to letting God push us around and tell us what to do. And I think we have to be open to that as well. What is our Lord asking of us? and then to take some risks and steps. This network exists because that happened to Mother Angelica fighting against blasphemy in the media. And here, 41 years later, we continue this, this work. <clears throat> I think all of us have to say, you know, we can, the, uh, folks can do the things you did and are, you are doing, Mother did and others. There's a cleverness in all of us, whether we're plumbers or university professors, um, 
that's part of the issue too. Find what you can do. Um, be plumbers of men instead of water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you can, in your case, you can help to make sure the sewage that comes out of Hollywood and the media goes to where it's supposed to go. Yeah. Uh, my son always says to me, because I'm, one of my nicknames is the gas man, because I work on gas piping, is that I get to light people's lamps. There and, you go. Uh, you know, and that's what I can do. Yeah. yeah. That's, so don't be blind to, you know, in a question like that, this is how you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Others can pick up other tasks as well. We have another caller. Ho, oh, Francis. Hello, Father Mitt. Yeah, you're, you're calling from Florida? Yes, Ocala, Florida. Nice, nice. And what can we possibly do for you today? Uh, your guest mentioned about pamphlets that Bishop Sheen had put together about uh, communism and the evils of it. And I just wondered if those pamphlets would still be available or are they in the books? Yeah, uh, those pamphlets are available uh, through, uh, there's a number of digital libraries, the Catholic University of America uh, has those documents scanned. And so if you go to the Catholic University of America website, um, they have a digital library there and you can find not just those pamphlets, but uh, many other uh, documents uh, that, of course, Fulton Sheen's radio transcripts are all there, they've been scanned. And so uh, again, I always say the Catholic University of America, their digital library. And um, again, that would be a good place to find them. Yeah, yeah, that, that's... Uh... Uh, a great resource mm -hmm. to have, and then if you if you see it online, I guess you can copy it. Yes. Yeah, because it's in public domain. Right. And my website, bishopsheentoday.com, we have a, a list of all of his uh, digital libraries uh, that are available, and they link to the Catholic University of America. So, uh, again, we try to list a lot of those hard to find documents. Uh, that have gone out of circulation, but so if Francis wants to go to your website. The website would be? It's uh, bishopsheentoday.com. Bishopsheentoday.com, Francis. Yeah. And that will link you to the library where you can find those pamphlets. That's right, yeah. In, elect in electronic form. Yes. That's easy. Yeah. All right. Let's now go over to Jerry and Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Jerry, what can yes, we sir. do for you down in Baton Rouge? Hi, Father Mitch. How are you doing? Fine. So uh, I was actually in studio with you two weeks ago on Scripture and Tradition, my wife and I. Um, right. Okay. So Good. I have a question about, uh, I guess, the media presence of Archbishop Sheen. So in today's world, we have YouTube and podcasts, and there's a million different ways to get to the, to the people, you know, uh, to the general population. Back in those days, there was very limited resources or ability to get out into the population, you know, through media, because you really only had three big networks, et cetera. How was he able to make that connection to be able to really, you know, as a Roman Catholic leader, to be able to make that connection through the media to the people? How was he able to succeed in that arena? Well, I think back in the 1950s and the 60s, there wasn't as many choices on television as there were. 
Um, I think there was three major networks uh, in the 50s. And so when we hear of the numbers of 30 million viewers each week, um, again, I think we would die for those ratings today. But uh, again, I think he was so successful because one, society was still favorable to a Christian message. Um, they were still looking for that. And two, there wasn't as many choices. Um, so that's... Also, can I give a little backstory? Yes. At the time, uh, the number one show from Mr. Television, that was his nickname, was Uncle Milton Burl. So that's everybody called Uncle Milty. And Milton Burl's, uh, you know, comedy and variety show was the biggest show. Nobody could compete. So the network didn't want to put a big star up against Milton Berle. They said, well, put the priest up there. You know, it's no loss. You know, we can't get that time zone, any, that time place anyway. So just put, cut it as a write-off and there. And as a result of being on at that time, people began talking about Sheen. And he got the number one ratings and knocked Milton Berle off the air. You see that photograph of Milton Berle that was at a, uh, uh, a dinner that they had at the Friars Club in New York. And Berle said to him, I was number one. How did you knock me off the air? And Sheen said it was easy. I had better writers. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> and, and so, but he, he also had a great style about him. So it was better right. than the, the silly fun. It was silly fun on Milton Berle. And that's how he did that. Okay. We have another call. We have Mitchell in Gaylord, Michigan. Mitchell, who, welcome. Yes, hello, Father. And I just wanted to call and say, enjoy your show. But I want to say happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you. We share yeah, the same you. name, same date, same year, same everything. So just special to you. It's your birthday too? Yes. Same. I was born the same day you were, 49. Wow. 1949. So we're, we're both 73 today. Isn't that nice? Well, I wonder why. Well, I, I know my name was chosen after my father. Uh, but there weren't many Mitchells around in those days. Um, you know, it's from Polish, Mieczysław. But uh, are you Polish-American? Yes. Ah, that's, well, that's it. So we're both. Yes. Uh, my name was picked out of a baby book. I was born premature, so they didn't have a name ready for me yet. So ah. through the baby book. Well, my grandmother insisted I be named after my dad. And that was very odd because it was my mother's mother, and she never liked my dad, but she liked me. Okay. But thank you for the birthday greetings, Mitchell. Appreciate thank it very much. Let me call you. Thank you. God bless you. You too. Oh. Yeah, so, again, <laughs> getting back on topic here, um, we want you to take a look at bishopsheentoday.com. BishopSheenToday.com. You can find links to all kinds of other materials. See what you're up to, Al, and all that. And also, there is the Archbishop uh, Fulton Sheen Mission Society of Canada.org. 
at another website, and what would they find there different? Right. They'll see the work that we do. Uh, okay. work, our work with seminarians, our work with uh, parishes, uh, giving missions and things. So, again, I'm in Canada, so I try to take care of my own backyard. But uh, Absolutely. Yeah. But it, I urge you to get hold of these books in the face of a lot of very foolish rhetoric that we hear today. These books are an antidote anybody can read, anybody can understand, and we can use this antidote against the nonsense. Thank you for doing this hard work. Appreciate you coming down here. And may the Lord bless all of you. I'll bless you with a relic of the true cross. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we can bring Mr. Smith and all the other guests we have, plus all the other programs that we do and media work, only because this network is brought to you by you. So please remember to keep us in between your gas bill, your electric bill, and your cable bill. And we will be able to pay all of our many bills too. God bless you and thank you.